Hey guys, it's Dr. Delvina, board certified psychiatrist in South Florida. Are you ready to take the couch? Hey guys, it's Dr. Delvina. Are you ready to take the couch? Hey, 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 guys, it's Sunday night. It's time for another episode of the Brain Love Podcast. This is your host, Dr. Delvina, of course. Are you ready to take the couch? So tonight is not going to be an extensive episode as I am doing a lot of stuff this weekend. I had to travel to Dallas for work. And um, so I had a, a guest for you on the couch, um, a lady out of Houston who calls herself the ADHD coach, but we rescheduled her for next Sunday night. So she'll be coming up soon. Don't you worry, because I know there's a lot of stuff going on with ADD, ADHD and adults. But tonight instead, I'm talking about, well, let's say three different topics. I'm going to talk about the benefits of exercise, as well as the benefits of clean eating, meaning minus the processed food. And the main topic tonight is mental health in the Black community and what we can do to address it, how we can be um, preemptive or how we can be preventative, and also what we can do once we find ourselves in the struggle of dealing with a mental health crisis or mental health challenges, which may not rise to a crisis, but some mental health challenges. So um, I would like to say also that um, this coming, there are a couple of things coming up. Uh, this coming Wednesday, I'll uh, visit NBC6. I will join Jawan Strader for a conversation about gun violence. That'll, be, that'll come up soon on Voices on NBC6. Um, and there's a few other little things that are happening coming up. I don't want to spoil them, so I'll let you be surprised by them. Um, we know that we're leaving April. We have about a week left in April, which is uh, Jazz Music Month, I believe, and Poetry Music, or excuse me, Poetry Month is also in April. Um, and then May, we have Mental Health Awareness Month. You heard me mention this last Sunday night followed by June, which is Black Music Month and Men's Health Awareness Month. And then in July, we have Minority Mental Health Awareness Month. And this month also, we have Stress Awareness Month. So there's a lot of stuff going on this month. And I believe this is why I wanted to share with you um, this episode from NBC6, Voices with Jawan Strader. Um, this was a previous episode where I talked about um, different things, including stress. As I mentioned, April is Stress Awareness Month. And I give you so many different options and ways to address stress um, and also how to try to prevent it. We'll never really be able to prevent stress in its uh, entirety because you just can't avoid stress. Stress can be bad. It can be good. You can't avoid it. So you just have to learn how to cope with it and how to tolerate it. Now, on to the first topic tonight, clean eating. What happens when you give up highly processed foods? Ooh. So, you know, I'm going to get a little personal and tell you about a visit I had to my doctor the other day. I went to see a cardiologist for the first time. And I went to see a cardiologist because, um, you know, for a couple of reasons, my family's from the South, as many of you may have heard me say, my family is from Mississippi on both sides, my mother and my father. And um, 
I won't go into too many additional details, but if you have purchased my pamphlet, Brain Food, I have two pamphlets out, two books, Brain Food and Brain Sleep. If you read the, the pamphlet about brain food, I mentioned my father in there and how he had a heart attack medically known as a myocardial infarction at a young age. He was in his late 30s, early 40s when he experienced this. So I went to see a cardiologist because I am in my late 40s. I have not had any chest pain or anything like that, but I want to live as long as I can, as long as I can possibly live. Um, I want to be able to see my son get married and start a family. I want to meet my grandchildren, all of these things. So in keeping with this whole premise of preventative health, I went to see a cardiologist. Um, you know, there's certain doctors you should see on a regular basis, your primary care physician, so they can check your blood pressure, your cholesterol, your thyroid. Um, and as we're aging, there's certain things we have to receive where we should be administered certain uh, vaccinations as we get older. Um, you should also, if you're a woman, see your gynecologist, um, some internal medicine, very few internal medicine doctors will perform gynecological exams or gyne examinations. A lot of family practice doctors will do that. My PCP is not a family practice doctor. My PCP is an internal medicine doctor. So I go and see a gynecologist regularly so that I can have my pap exam, my gynecological examinations, get my breast examination by my gynecologist, also have my regular mammogram. Um, if you've ever felt a type of um, nodule or a mass in your breast, your gynecologist may recommend that you have a mammogram at an earlier age than usual. So we have to do these things to ensure that we're maintaining health and fitness. And what I've added to my mix is a cardiologist because of my family history. So um, I met with her and we talked about, um, we discussed my weight, uh, we discussed my getting some blood work done so that we can check my cholesterol again and check my thyroid. Um, and also I had an EKG, we're gonna do an echo. Um, an, an echo checks the heart, uh, the heart from different, uh, from dimensions. There's kind of more so the structure of the heart, whereas the the EKG, pardon me, is more so the rhythm of the heart and how the, the heart is, is beating. Um, and there's a few more tests she recommended for me, but I'll do all those things. And one of the things during the appointment we talked about, we talked about two major things. That was my intake, my diet, as well as my physical activity. So in terms of intake, uh, we talked about intermittent fasting. So not eating in the mornings, um, allowing my first meal to be noon, 12 o'clock. Um, and then my next meal would be no later than 7 p.m. And then after that meal, I would fast or not, in, not eat anything else until 12 o'clock the next day. And I've been doing it. So the purpose of this is to get my metabolism started to help me lose some weight because I do have to lose weight. I need to lose about 10 pounds. Um, and we also talked about the food when I am eating, eating clean food, clean eating, not eating processed food, which I don't eat a lot of processed food anyway. You know, if you're wondering what is processed food, processed food, um, those are the items that you find um, in package boxes in the freezer aisle. You know, you can throw it in the microwave for two minutes and have a nice meal of, uh, of a meat, a vegetable, and a, a carbohydrate. Processed foods are what you find in the deli. 
Um, processed foods are junk foods that have been sitting on the shelves for months at a time. I know everything has an expiration date, but you just don't know how long it's been sitting on the shelf. Uh, so those are all considered processed foods. Now, sometimes certain processed foods can be healthy, like baby carrots. Baby carrots are considered processed, but they're healthy. Plain yogurt is considered processed. It too is considered healthy. Obviously, if you don't eat dairy, then it's not healthy for you. But there are some people who will consume dairy. I'm not one of those people. If I have yogurt, it's going to be like a nut type of derived yogurt. Um, either coconut-based yogurt or a cashew-based yogurt, something like that, not a dairy yogurt. So um, removing the processed foods is healthier for you and your diet. Processing sometimes rem removes nutritious ingredients, like if you take refined grains like white bread or rice, Refined means the bran and the germ have been removed, which also means that they remove the fiber, the iron, and the other nutrients. So this is why we don't recommend to people eating white bread or white rice. If you're going to eat rice, have brown rice. If you want to have bread, have wheat bread, have um, oat bread, have rye bread, have, um, you know, these types of uh, fiber fortified and bran type breads. Other times processing may infuse unhealthy ingredients by adding more sugar, adding sodium and trans fat. Um, so you might find that certain rices, they might add sugar, they may add sodium. So sometimes when they're processing or making these foods into to these processed foods, they'll add more sodium so the food lasts longer so that it has a longer shelf life. So a lot of these things can lead to increased risk of cardiovascular disease, heart disease. They can lead to uh, the development of diabetes and or weight gain. So you want to be careful if you want to pursue clean, clean eating, um, as some diet variations will ban entire food groups, which leads to nutritional deficiencies. So your intake of highly processed food should absolutely include things like candy and soda. That will never be a bad idea. Candy and soda are considered processed foods. So removing them from the diet is a great way to get started with reducing your processed foods. You want to cut out highly processed foods from your diet. And of course, your body's going to undergo some adjustments. There are five things that might happen when you remove cookies, chips, and all that other garbage. Sometimes people experience fatigue or irritability when they start clean eating. Do not allow that to deter you. So depending on how much processed food you're eating to begin with, once you reduce it, you may notice that you're tired, you're irritable when you cut these things from your diet. Don't allow this to deter you. Sometimes people who consume a lot of caffeinated beverages, um, if they cut this out cold turkey, like abruptly right away, it could cause headaches. So I talk to my patients about reducing their caffeine very slowly over time. Like if they drink four cups of coffee a day, I may tell them to go from four cups to three and a half cups for like two weeks. You know, you have to do, uh, you have to taper down very slowly because when you cut out the sugar and you're cutting out the caffeine, that can cause you to have, it's kind of like withdrawal effects. So the good news is that this doesn't last long. 
your body will bounce back and it will readjust. Um, another thing that can happen when you start clean eating, you might find that foods are too sweet or too salty. Um, you're not going to suddenly dislike dessert overnight, but in time, those cravings that you experience for packaged snacks or manufactured sweets, those cravings will dissipate. They will go away. Don't get, don't get discouraged if it takes time to transition, but eventually the desire to have those things will go away. You'll, you'll find that you're no longer a junk food junkie. So you can start by becoming a nutrition label reader. And sometimes people would discourage that, but I don't. Don't go overboard with it, but you want to know how much sodium, aka salt, is contained in the foods that you're eating. You should know that. And if you see it has high sodium content, it's not for you. High sugar, high sodium, don't eat it. So when you cut out those high sugar, high salt foods, it's going to take a little while for your, your taste buds to adjust, but they will. It may take about 10 to 15 days for the uh, taste buds to regenerate, but it will happen, trust me. Um, when you remove processed foods, in addition to things tasting too sweet or too salty or feeling fatigue, you may also notice that your GI tract, your gut, might need a little time to adjust. So your stomach has to get used to this new diet. Many changes your body experiences after you consume less processed foods can be linked to those healthy dietary changes. For example, increasing your fiber intake, which is typically removed from processed foods, it'll cause you to have a little bit of bloating or loose stools because you're adjusting to a higher fiber load. But your, your stomach, your GI tract, your intestines will make the adjustment. A fourth thing that may happen when you cut down on processed foods or you um, eliminate them from your diet is you will lose weight. Reducing processed foods helps to lose weight. When you remove these additional calories, that unnecessary sugar, the sodium, you will notice that your weight goes down and you want to lose weight. Losing weight helps to prevent obesity. Another thing, this is the fifth thing that can happen when you eliminate processed food is you will eventually have more energy and you will be more focused. So this is just a quick overview and how eliminating processed foods, that should be one of the first things we do on our diets when we're changing the diet so that we can have a healthier body, which includes a healthier mind, a healthier brain. Eliminating these processed items will help you to be healthier. Um, it leads to reducing your risk of developing high blood pressure, developing diabetes, becoming obese or gaining weight. And it's just overall a healthier way to, to live. Clean eating and cutting out overly processed foods from your diet will bring about a slew of health benefits, including that weight loss. So don't struggle, just start to do it. And one of the things that I tell my patients is do not buy it. Don't buy that box of Twinkies. Don't buy that box of donuts. Don't buy it. If you don't have it in your home to eat it, more than likely you won't eat it. So start by doing that, start by drinking more water, cut out cans of soda, bottles of soda, and cut out those snacks that you buy in the grocery store. That is a great way to start with not eating processed foods. The next step is not to buy all the frozen food that's in the frozen aisle. Get yourself some fresh meat, some fresh vegetables, 
even making, you know, tuna fish or salmon patties out of the can. We're eating some, um, um, what is it called? Oh my gosh. Ah, ah, sardines. Ah, I was looking for the word. Even eating sardines is a lot healthier than eating things out of the box, things that are processed. So that's one of the things my cardiologist discussed with me. The next thing is we talked about exercise and how to incorporate that into my day. So that's coming up next before we get to the main topic today, which is preventing mental health challenges, and also dealing with those if you are already in the throes of a mental health challenge. Hey guys, it's Dr. Delvina, and I just wanted to tell you about the ways to follow me. So if you're listening to this podcast, I don't know what platform you're on, but I'm on all of the podcast platforms, Google, Apple, uh, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, And you can also follow me on my social media for those of you who found me through your podcast platform and not on social media. Some people have been following me on Instagram or Facebook, and that's how they learned about the podcast. But for those of you who learned about my podcast first, please feel free to follow me on social media. On Instagram and Facebook, I'm Dr. Delvina. The doctor is abbreviated as DR. And there's no period, so it's D-R, Delvina, which is spelled D as in Delta, E-L, V as in Victor, E-N-A. And let's see, I have a website. I mentioned before that the website was under construction, but the website is up and good to go. It is Dr. Delvina Help. So again, the D-R is abbreviated, D-R, D as in Delta, E-L, V as in Victor, E-N-A, help, H-E-L-P, as in Papa, dot com, com. So please go to my website, take a look, peruse the site, and see what's going on there. And uh, I'm also, let's see, where else am I? I'm in SoundCloud as well, but I'm not as active on SoundCloud as I am with my um, with my podcast. You know, this podcast has been up since May 2020 during the pandemic, and um, I just love talking about the brain and helping to educate people about their mental health and wellness. So please spread the word, tell a neighbor, tell a friend, tell a family member, tell a loved one, tell a significant other, tell your ex. If there's something I've t- I touched on that really that you identify with and you want to share it with someone, share it, please. So thank you so much for the break and allow me to pay some bills. If you have a business and you would like to advertise or place an ad on this podcast, please send me an email. Um, I am in the process of transitioning my email addresses. It used to be info at drdelvina.help. That is from my old website, which is like 20 years old, and I had to move away to a new website. So drdelvina.help is no longer a valid website or email address. Instead, I am now using um, drdelvinahelp.com. And in the process of creating the email address associated with that website, um, I have to just use my Gmail account for now. So you can email me at drdelvinathomas at gmail.com, or you can email the office at info at brainlovehelp.com. So before we get into the main show, the main part of the show, I just wanted to talk a little bit about 
exercise and how um, just being active can reduce our risk of cardiovascular disease and also reduce the risk of early death. And they've done some new studies that show only 11 minutes of exercise each day may reduce the risk of early death. So we know that the ultimate goal should be to spend time exercising 150 minutes weekly. So that's about 30 daily minutes of exercise um, five days a week. So 30 minutes of exercise five days a week, which is 150 minutes. But they found in studies that just 11 minutes of exercise each day can also help people avoid an early death and help prevent heart disease, stroke, and certain cancers. So for some people, 150 minutes may seem um, very challenging to do, but don't give up. Do as much as you can, because as I stated, as few as 11 minutes of daily exercise can substantially reduce your risk of an early death and help prevent heart disease, stroke, and certain cancers in comparison to being sedentary. So being sedentary means you're not getting your heart rate up. Um, you're doing things during which you are comfortable, such as sitting around all day, which places you at risk of health issues. Um, even if you exercise daily, you want to avoid being a couch potato. Um, so people who exercise but spend the rest of their day sitting are considered couch potatoes, and they still had elevated levels of blood sugar, cholesterol, and body fat. So don't think because you go to the gym in the morning, then you come home and sit around, lay around and watch TV and don't do crap that you're protecting yourself because you're not. Researchers said that people who did more light um, movement throughout the day, even small things like walking and doing chores had better cardiometabolic health than people who work out in the morning and then they're just sedentary the rest of the day. So you don't want to do that. You want to be active throughout the day. Um, so this study was published last month in the British Journal of Sports Medicine. They reviewed data from 196, you may as well say 200 published articles to draw broader conclusions about the impact of exercise on health. They found that one in 10 premature deaths could have been prevented if people exercise for 75 minutes per week, or as I said, 11 minutes per day. The results were even better for those who exercise 150 minutes weekly or 30 minutes daily, five times a week. Nearly 16% of all premature deaths could have been avoided if sedentary people had achieved these types of, uh, this type of activity. So, um, we know that exercise can have an impact on cancer and cardiovascular disease risk um, or not exercising can have an impact on cancer and cardiovascular, cardiovascular disease risk. Now, obviously, if you exercise more and the exercises are more moderate to vigorous each week, then you're going to do a better job reducing your risk of cardiovascular disease, aka heart disease, and you'll be less likely to develop, to develop cancer in comparison to those people who are sedentary, meaning sit around the house and do nothing. Um, and the types of cancers, you may wonder, okay, well, what types of cancers are we reducing? You're reducing your risk of head and neck cancer, myeloid leukemia, myeloma, gastric cardiac cancers. Um, so we saw a bigger reduction for those than what was seen for things like lung, liver, colon, breast cancer. Um, 
So the benefits start to plateau, the benefits of this 11 minutes a day. Um, but if you increase the amounts, then the benefits are there. So you want to try to exercise as much as you can and as hard as you can. It's better for you. It has more of a health benefit. So what I'm saying is it's better to be active than not to be active at all. Exercise helps to lower inflammation in the body. It decreases fat tissue. It helps with hormone regulation with sleep. And again, I mentioned in the first part of tonight's episode that I have two books, Brain Food and Brain Sleep. I talk, I spoke a little bit about brain food. Brain Sleep will talk to you or discuss with you or teach you ways to regulate your sleep and exercise and eating healthy are two of the ways that I mentioned in that book. So exercise will help you in um, hormone regulation, which will affect in positive ways your sleep hygiene. Um, physical activity can improve your quality of life. People who exercise feel less stress. They feel less sadness. They feel less nervousness and anxiety. And typically, they're more confident and energized. They feel confident and they have more energy. So um, you want to get your exercise in. I need to get my exercise in. I'm pretty active. Um, you know, I'm walking through the hospital quite a bit on most days. Um, but I have to exercise. So I'm going I'm getting back on my Peloton. And um, I am going to start going back to Orange Theory. That's going to be my strength. And um, yeah, my strength exercising. So my weight training will be Orange Theory. Um, so I just spoke to you guys about clean eating, cutting out processed food. We talked a little bit about exercise, the benefits of that. Um, coming up soon, um, Titus. I mentioned to you guys that I have purchased some supplements from um, Titus. He has a company and that company provides supplements and um, different um, vitamins and uh, supplements to help with the body, with your health. Um, I am very happy with the purchase that I've made. Every month I get my um, package of of my uh, supplements. The company is Titus Unlimited. Titus is his name. He's been on the podcast uh, a couple of times and he will be back on the couch with me on Instagram live soon because he has a message for the ladies. So that's coming up soon as are um, a few more great interviews. I have Camille Caesar coming up soon. She's going to be talking about uh, financial wellness and how she was able to become independent and the things that she did in her life to, uh, to make a 180. Um, as I mentioned before, I have the ADHD coach coming up soon, Miss Jasmine Charmaine. Her website is busydayhome.com, busy, B-U-S-Y, day, D-A-Y-H-O-M-E.com, busydayhome.com, pardon me. Um, and she is someone who helps people in the mental health and wellness space as well. Um, she is a home organizer and an ADHD coach in Houston. So I can't wait to have her on the couch because she specializes in helping women with ADHD get organized and to strengthen their home life, their executive functioning skills. And um, 
she's going to talk about all of those things. So she is a mother, a student, an entrepreneur, and she is ready to share her information. So we have some great stuff coming up for you. And not to mention on my YouTube channel, Dr. Delvina Thomas, I have Chef P who's coming up soon, that in-person video we uh, we created that we did together while um, I interviewed Chef and she cooked and we had a nice chit chat and um, I think you guys will like it. So let's get into the next part of tonight's episode, which is the main part of tonight's episode. This is my interview with Jawan Strader on NBC6 on Voices. So we're talking about mental health in the Black community. And really, a lot of this applies to a lot of communities, not just the Black community, but certain things that I mentioned, like our history, such as 1619, people will equate that to Blacks. Um, Certain parts of the interview uh, pertain to Blacks, to African Americans, but a lot of the other information can be attributed uh, to other populations as well, such as the ways that I give people to prevent uh, mental health um, episodes of mental illness or experiencing mental health defects. And if you do experience a mental health episode, how you can cope and how you can address it. So. Thank you so much for being here on the couch with me, guys. I really appreciate you. I really do. So don't go anywhere. Coming up next. Good morning and welcome to NBC6 Voices. I'm Jawan Strader. Well, day-to-day -day life, it seems to be taking a toll on many of us. From inflation, frustration, to surviving what seems to be the never-ending coronavirus pandemic and the rash of recent mass shootings terrorizing this country, those are just some of the many struggles that may be triggering anxiety in us all in one way or another. Without the coping skills to deal with some of these negative influences, they can ultimately take our lives. I recently asked board certified psychiatrist and author Dr. Delvita Thomas about the distress signs and how we can get the help we may need. Dr. Delvina, thank you so much for joining us on NBC Six Voices once again. We appreciate you. Absolutely. You're welcome, Joanne. Thank you for having me. And what do you want people of color to know about their mental health? I want people of color to know that if any population of people should be accessing mental health care, it is us. We have so many trials and tribulations that we have been through. We've had so many challenges in our history, starting with 1619. I know people are like, okay, that was a long time ago, but certain things get passed on from generation to generation. And it's not just about necessarily your DNA and your genetics. It's also about the things that you've seen in your environment, the trauma that your grandparents may have witnessed that affected them, which then affected the way that they raised your parents. And so it is important for people of color to understand that number one, they too can access mental health care. That's the first thing that's important. People of color have access to mental health care like the rest of the population. There are people who look like you who are qualified to treat your conditions or your mental health challenges. And it's important for all of us to seek mental health care. This is not a result of you not praying every night. This is not a result of you not being baptized at a certain age. All of us can be can uh, um, endure a mental health challenge. So mental illness, just like 
All the other diseases does not see color, age, gender, none of those things. We all need treatment. And more people of color are reporting mental health concerns out there. I mean, you kind of touched on it a little bit. So are you seeing an increase of people of color seeking help at your practice? We are, and it's a combination of things, Jawan. One is just being in the know, understanding and knowing that, okay, I actually have a mental illness. When uh, folks talked about the former Miss America, uh, they mentioned something called functional depression. Functional depression basically is major depression, but it's a type of depression that someone has learned to deal with that someone has learned to cope with on a daily basis. And there are a lot of people who are walking around experiencing depression and or sadness or some other form of mental illness or uh, a mental health challenge. So we need to know that treatment is available for us, that we can get out here and access care. And we need to understand that certain things that we may experience, the signs and the symptoms are more than likely a, a mental health disorder. So it's important to know what these things look like to seek help if you need it. That's, that's really the bottom line. If you're struggling, seek help because help is available. It People is. Going, yeah, I'm so sorry. No, no, no. I was about to say it is available. And thanks to people like you out there uh, who's able to help with mental health. And, and, and let's get to the numbers here. One in five U.S. adults has some form of mental illness. So uh, what, what else do you think our viewers should know to increase awareness about mental health? So we need to read more. We have to uh, read and learn more about ourselves and about how to deal with certain challenges. We should also talk to other people and share information and communicate more. We should talk to and go see our doctors and our providers. We should become more aware of how to live life in a healthy manner, doing the healthy things that are basically the basic foundation of living a healthy life going to your primary care doctor when you're supposed to, getting your checkups. That checkup now more than likely includes some sort of mental health checkup. Most primary care doctors are now inquiring about suicidal thinking, sadness, anxiety, um, being able to understand that you have to have a healthy environment. That includes the people who are around you. So I want to ask you this. Three in 10 U.S. adults have an anxiety disorder at some time in their lives. Uh, with new concerns about COVID, the economy, work, what should people know? People should know that there's nothing wrong with you. You're feeling anxiety as is everyone else. You said three in 10, it depends on the source that you reference. Uh, worldwide, one in four people experience some sort of anxiety or episode of anxiety, a panic attack. So just know that it's very common you're not the only one dealing with it. Understand that medication is not your only option in terms of treatment. There are many things that you can do or access to treat your anxiety or whatever other mental health problem that you have. But because people are not in the know about these other interventions, it's scary for them. The not knowing can create anxiety, can exacerbate anxiety, it can also make people scared. And people oftentimes won't access or look for care because they're assuming that the only option is medication. So I want people to know that besides medications, there are several other things they can do to treat their anxiety. You can learn effective meditation. You can walk more, you can run more, you can get outside and get more sunlight, get more fresh air. You can eat differently, you can change your diet. 
oftentimes it's the things that we're, what we eat and what we're not eating that can create the problems with the anxiety and also the mood disorders. There's also things like yoga and Tai Chi and um, Reiki. There's so many different ways to combat mental health challenges. It's not just about a pill. It's not just about medication. And obviously psychotherapy. I think most folks have heard of talk therapy. Psychotherapy includes so many different modalities that can help someone. And the most important thing to know, Jawan, is this. If you have an appointment with a mental health professional and you don't enjoy it, don't take it out on the rest of us. Don't take it out on the rest of the mental health professionals. Don't take it out on yourself. You keep looking and finding until you find the perfect first person that's a good fit for you. You're definitely throwing out some good nuggets here. I, I want to know, what what is brain sleep? What is that? <laughs> brain sleep. <laughs> so brain sleep and brain food, these are uh, two pamphlets that I created to teach people in layman's term and common terms and easy to read English about their brains and how they can do different things to improve their sleep hygiene, hence brain sleep, and how they can eat differently to improve their brain, their moods. And, and it's not meant to be a pamphlet that you'll sit down and read all in one setting. It should be done gradually over time and make highlights and make notes and go back and reread things to revisit and relearn. And you talked about it. You touched upon the correlation between our brains and what we eat. Why is that so important? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. What we eat can just what you don't eat and what you eat that you shouldn't be eating could really hinder your physical health and your mental health. Oftentimes people are putting garbage and especially in America, we have the worst diet in the world here in America because we eat a lot of processed foods, a lot of fast food, a lot of food that contains the bad fat. And so these things are just, you know, they're junk. It's like eating oil and just having a lot of sugar in your body. Your brain needs the good nutrients. Your brain needs the good fats because our brain is seeking these things so it can continue to do what it's doing. There's a lot of processing that's going on in the brain. The brain is made mostly of water. It's over 70% water. So we need to hydrate with water to help our brain. And we need to give our brain and the chemicals it's making because the chemicals our brain makes that help to regulate our mood to help bring us up to help us deal with challenges and stress and prevent anxiety those chemicals are made by using the building blocks in the foods that we eat so if you're not eating protein you won't have protein to create those um, to break down into those amino acids that you need to create the chemicals that your brain is using to balance your mood and prevent anxiety so all of these things are intertwined in a very complicated maze or web but it all makes sense we may not be able to make sense of it but it makes sense so what you eat can affect so many different parts of you not just how you look but how you feel and how your brain functions and i know you touched upon some of the things that we can do when it comes to anxiety but what are some other things that we can do without professional help uh, as far as coping strategies are concerned to help with our mental health? Absolutely. So 
being preventative, thinking ahead about how to cope, right? So I always tell people you should have a list of go-tos and what you can use or what you'll do when you're stressed. So let's say you're at work and you're having a bad day. Maybe some incense, bent, uh, burning a candle, so aromatherapy will be helpful to you. Going outside, taking a walk around you know, the block where your job is located. If you're home, going out, going outside at home. Music therapy is a big way to break the strike, the cycle of stress, as well as meditative breathing, learning how to breathe therapeutically. So in the moment when you get angry, people say, you know, count to 100, count to 10, or say your ABCs backward, but you can just sit there and breathe and take yourself into a whole nother mental state where you're separated emotionally from whatever stress is happening around you. And some people tell me when they doodle, that relieves their stress in the moment. They just sit and write and doodle on a piece of paper for them. So learning what's effective for you will be important and learning those things before you're actually in the moment. For many other people, journaling is a way to deal with it. So there's ways to deal with stress in the moment, those coping strategies, some of what I just mentioned, as well as self-care. Self-care is another way to prevent this thing is about prevention. If we always wait until something pops off or something is happening and then we're trying to find a way to, to you know, scurry and, and treat it, that's not the best way. We got to live a preventative life. We got to be about prevention. So self-care is going to be a huge deal in the strategy of preventing stress and managing stress. And we'll always have stress, but you can keep yeah. stress at a manageable level. Thank you so much for joining us on NBC Six Voices. You're welcome. Thank you very much, Jawan, for having me. I always appreciate being here. You got it. It's the end of an episode. Thank you guys for joining me on my couch. It's been a pleasure. It's Dr. Delvina. Remember, every day you must have brain love balance. You can't have all work and no play, and you can't have all play and no work. Reframe, reframe your negative thinking. Think positively. Avoid negative people. Inside, everything you need, it's inside of you. Look inside yourself. Needs, know your needs. Your needs come first, not everyone else's. Limitations, limit your expectations of yourself. Ownership, own your mistakes, learn from them, and move on. Vengeance is not yours, it's the Lord's. Express yourself. Every day, meaningful communication, don't go to bed angry. And that's been my show, guys. Brain love. <laughs>